Welcome to DBCY. Today we continue a new digital series where we, the leaders and teachers of Dunwoody Baptist Church, try to tackle certain tough questions that believers and skeptics alike might have regarding the Christian faith. I'm Gary McIntyre. I get to be your host. Some of the topics we discuss over the duration of this series, they might be mere curiosities to some, uh, while others might be what's hindering people from taking a step of faith towards Christ, or maybe they've even caused some to lose their faith, uh, maybe doubt God altogether. So the purpose of this series is to address those questions. In today's episode, I'm joined by DBC's executive pastor, Alan Tolliver, and discipleship pastor, John Hume, and together we're going to discuss what happens when we die? Do we go to heaven immediately? Uh, how were people supposed to know they were sinning prior to the Ten Commandments? These are some of the things that we're going to get to if we have time in this brief period that we have together. So, Alan, I want to jump right in with you, and then we'll jump to John. And, of course, at any point, if you have something you want to say, just jump right on in. Uh, Alan, what? How, first of all, how did some of these questions come about? You, you had a discussion with our, what, Samaritan class recently? And they had a lot of questions. So how did this come about? Uh, over a long period of time, actually, there was a, a, seri a series in that Sunday school class months ago where somebody began raising some theological questions, and the teacher thoughtfully said, you know what, I'm not going to deal with those. Let me put them on a list. And about the fourth or fifth time that an item got on the list, then it became a little bit of a joke. Are we ever going to get to the questions on the list? And... At that point, somebody suggested we need to get pastors in here and deal with all of the hard questions. And I got a note from that class asking if I would come and deal with the questions. And they sent me the list. And there was like 20, 22 questions on there dealing with everything from what happens when you die to um, what happens if people die, but their their people group has never received the gospel. You know, some thoughtful, some thoughtful questions. And so I got together with John Hume here, and we divvied the list up and went in and did a four-week series with that Sunday school class. Great. Uh, I know a lot of a lot of classes, a lot of people. As more and more they they, they get older, uh, they they start having more and more questions about. All right, I'm closer to eternity than I was years ago. Uh, what's that shaping up like? We we lose people in our lives, and you wonder, am I ever going to see these people again? How do you respond to someone who might come up and ask, I just lost my loved one. What what happens next? You mean like what happens to the loved one? Or or them. What happens when I die? Am I going to see them again? Am I going to know them? What happens? Is it immediate? Uh, what, what's what's next? How would you counsel them? Or even just address their question? I, I think the first thing to do is go to Scripture. Um I turn to 1 Thessalonians 4. I think that's probably one of the first things that I would look at with the person. And, and that's also a text that the pastor Jackson and I use when we do a commitment in the columbarium. We use John 14. We talk about, um, in my father's house, there are many rooms. Translations say mansions, but I think sort of spaces is a better word. Um, we look at 1 Thessalonians 4. We look at uh, 1 Corinthians 15. And, and we just sort of talk through what God's Word says, and particularly some of the things that the Apostle Paul wrote to the churches in Thessalonica and Corinth, because they had the same questions we have today. So, all right, and this is a question I know is much up for debate. When I die, 
is heaven immediate or is there like a gap? Do we know what what goes on there? Y'all are the the scholars here. What what goes on right after you die? What happens? Yeah, uh, I think it might be safe to say that we don't really know. We know some of the things Scripture says, like in um, in Second Corinthians, it tells us that um, you know we walk by faith and not by sight. In fact, we are confident that we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we might know that it's to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We don't know if that's immediate. Even the thief on the cross, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. So there seems to be a sense that it happens immediately, that we're right there with him that day. But I think about this, uh, last night I fell asleep watching TV, woke up about a half hour later, and I thought it was early in the morning, right? I That time that passed, it just seemed to be instant. Oh, I get that. I mean, I remember having some kind of thing done that required some kind of anesthesia or something. And I remember them saying, all right, can you count down from five? I've been training my whole life for this. Five. And then don't. And and I don't remember anything after that, except the next words I remember were, all right, Mr. McIntyre, you did great. What? I mean, it was just like that. But, I mean, it was an hour later or something. It was the craziest thing. I can remember when I was in Illinois serving, just a dear lady in our church passed away. And I'll never forget the words our pastor said at her funeral, is that on Friday she fell asleep. And the next voice she heard was Jesus waking her up. And I thought that that statement was unbelievable to me because it brought so much comfort that we were going to miss this lady dearly but that she was in the presence of Jesus. And the the reality is, I don't know if it happens immediate. I don't know if it happens when Christ returns. The bottom line for me is I am going to be with Christ. And that brings a level of comfort. It brings a level of comfort that when I was with my grandfather in in the hospital room when he died, that I know that he is going to be with Jesus. So that brought a level of comfort. I don't think he's out watching over us, you know. I don't think, I think because when we're in heaven, our focus is going to be on Christ and and to be worshiping him. I think if there's no sorrow and tears in heaven, people aren't going to be watching over what I do because I think that would maybe bring some consternation, maybe some worry. Um, But I believe that for me, the bottom line is I'm going to be with Christ. Yeah, I think it speaks to the ability for God, wh- wherever you fall on this position, uh, whether or not there's a long time of sleep or whether or not it's immediate, it speaks to the ability of God to sustain the soul regardless. Uh, I think also when we are in heaven, all of a sudden all those things that we thought we were going to be worried about are no longer concerns. Like I've heard people say, oh man, I hope there's pizza in heaven. And I'm thinking, but do you? Is that really going to be your concern? Uh, I, I I knew a, a, a pastor I once worked with. He said, the first thing I'm going to do is ask God is, why did you call me into ministry? <laughs> oh, that's like, funny. I don't think that's going to be your first question. I really don't. I think th- I don't think those things are going to matter anymore. But I might want to ask that one. I, well, I mean, it's like sometimes, okay, I get the feeling. But all of a sudden, I think you're on that side. And it's like just all those things that mattered yeah, don't matter don't anymore. Don't right. So... Uh, you talked about uh, kind of a, you said something about Jesus 
escorted something to heaven or something with this lady who died. Did, right. did you said something like that? Well, yeah, Jesus would wake her. I mean, right. Jesus tells this story about this rich man and Lazarus, and it's questionable whether or not, all right, is this a true story or is it a, a parable or something that Jesus is using? But either way, I think it's based on some kind of truth as to what was going on, or at least what was believed to be going on. And it talks about how this uh, beggar died and was carried by angels to Abraham's side. And that in and of itself seems to imply a sense of immediacy as well as consciousness that you're engaging with the people around you. And so I can see where people would be confused by this. And I don't think ultimately it really matters because, again, it speaks to the sustainability or God's ability to sustain the soul, which is miraculous in either case. Um, what else? What else anybody think you might want to talk about on that? Well, not wanting to get into the book of Revelation today, I am taken by this text, uh, this passage in 1 Thessalonians 4, just to kind of go back to that for a second. Um, you know, Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica. It's his first letter. And, and I think that sometimes you can see in Paul's writings that, that he's moved to attend to something that's going on in the church, a fear and angst. Um, a dysfunction, a misunderstanding, a clarification. So Paul, you know, in each of his letters, he, he attends to some of these different topics. Um, and it's at the end of 1 Thessalonians 4, and it looks to me like the church has some heartburn over what happens um, to those who die before Jesus returns. You know, mm -hmm. early churches thinking Jesus is going to be back. Well, they were expecting him. I mean, he yeah, said yeah, he was going to come back. See, I'm going to come back the same way you saw me leave. Right. You're all like, you, you know, like, oh, yeah. come on back. And and so the, the church has this angst, you know, okay, it, the writing of First Thessalonians is probably what? 50, 50, 52, 54, somewhere in there. It's one of the early books. Man, wasn't that like one of Paul's farewell letters? So what it would have been, or my thinking, I know it's no, Timothy and Titus. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. First Thessalonians was pretty early in Paul's ministry, possibly one of the first. And, and so he writes here, um, First Thessalonians 4, starting in 13, um, Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you don't grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, we who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will first. And I, I look at this text, and I, I use this in, in some of my pastoral care conversations, where somebody says, you know, what, what's, what's, what has happened to my loved one? Where's my loved one right this minute? And I believe that they're resting. Um, I believe that they are resting in a dreamless state until Christ returns, and at the trumpet sound, the dead in Christ will rise. You know, God... Um, second Genesis, God breathed breath of life into man. And so the thought that the spirit gets on a, for lack of a better term, gets on a rocket ship and blasts off and then is reunited, you know, at some yeah, point later, 
um, I have a hard time with that construct. I'm not saying I understand it exactly, but my reading uh, of this particular text doesn't lead me to that conclusion. And so when, you know, when people say, you know, is my loved one with the Lord? From their perspective, I'd say yes. They, they took their last breath here, sur ideally surrounded by loved ones holding their hand, and the next thing they hear is Jesus saying, rise. Yeah. Wow, that's a powerful image. One of the things, I mean, every, all the text, everything you just read, I mean, it all speaks to, to hope. Uh, and it's not like it strikes me that it's not the hope that we think of like, man, I, I hope I, I get a pony for That's Christmas right. not a wish. or yeah, it's not a wish. There's no wishful aspect to it all. When you talk about every time you see the word hope in the scripture, it, it, it is accompanied with this idea of certainty. This is going to happen. It's not it's not a wish. It's not, man, I, man, I, I hope I, I, I get to go out with that that girl that I, I really like. Or I hope she really likes me or whatever, whatever that is. Right, that it is a promise. It is a promise. But he ends he ends that Thessalonians passage, right? With therefore encourage each other with these words. So it, he he lays out this we don't want you to be uninformed. So here's the reality. So let's encourage each other with these things. Let's build each other up with this promise and with this hope. Let's not be confused, right? We don't want you to be uninformed. We want you to know the truth. We're going to be with him. So shall we ever be with the Lord, forever right. be with him. Well, do you have any closing thoughts or words that you might want to say before we uh, end this thing? For me, it's just... Uh, are we confident in the reality that that's going to be us, right? Are we confident in the fact that when I die, I'm going to be with, with Jesus in heaven? Well, sure. And, and let's make it, a, put it out there now. I mean, if anybody out there watching or listening has any concerns about those areas, I mean, call us, find us, find out how to get in touch with us. Uh, send an email to, to me at digitaldbc.org, something, get in touch with us and let's get those questions answered. Uh, because that's certainly one of the reasons that we're wanting to do this. We're answering these tough questions so that those people who are watching online uh, uh, can can get comfort in these questions that they have, or they can share them with someone someone else. So I think that that's great. That's Here, great. I would like to say that sure. one of the first funerals I did, um, d different areas of the country have different customs. So I was used to what a funeral looked like in Kentucky. Then I saw what funerals looked like in Texas. Then I was in Illinois with funerals. And the way they handle things are, are different in different parts of the country. In this particular funeral, the, the young man that died was not a believer. And when they closed the casket, his mom was laying on the casket just more than sobbing. It was a desperate cry of a mom that didn't have hope that her son would be in heaven. And it was hard. It was hard to sit and watch. And we finally had to help her get away from the casket because she didn't have what Alan just read. She didn't have that hope. She had it in herself. And because she had it in herself, she knew her son had never made a decision for Christ. In her mind, he had never made a decision for Christ. God is the judge, right? God is the ultimate right. judge in that. But that's what I would say is I wouldn't want someone to listen to these questions and not have hope and not be able to ask and be respond and know for sure that they can have that certainty. Right. So good. So good. 
Uh, well, thank you for joining us, uh, Alan, John. Looking forward to having a future discussion with future questions. Uh, I would say to all you online who are watching this, I uh, hope you join us for next week's episode. I'm going to be joined by DBC's worship pastor, Robert Como, and children's pastor, uh, Bridget Pogue. And in that episode, we're going to discuss questions like, are, is science and faith, are they compatible? Uh, and if given time, we're going to talk about Hey, how can Jesus be the only way to God? So if you're new to Dunwoody Baptist Church and would like to know more about us, you can find us at dbc.org. Uh, if you have any questions, contact me at digitaldbc at dbc.org. Uh, that would also be the address where you can submit your own challenging questions, and we might be able to address them in a future episode. If you're on social media uh, and you found any value in what you may have uh, heard or watched today, uh, we encourage you to share this link on your media pages. So thank you again for joining us. I'm Gary McIntyre. I'll see you next time.